Jack Jaciak was named to the American Athletic Conference Weekly Honor Roll. I'm not exactly sure why Drew Brutcher didn't, because he had four hits last week. It does show you, and if you'd missed the show, Around the American, where we talked about Tulane's unbelievable series victory against Mississippi State and some other crazy results from baseball. It just shows you what a phenomenal week it was for the conference. The fact that Drew Brutcher can hit four home runs, hit above 500 for the week, and not be named one of the best, basically seven performers. But J.C. was, as he struck out 12. Of course, Orion Kirkring was a candidate. I, I, if anyone from the American is listening, maybe I would nominate up the weekly honors to a full baseball squad of nine as opposed to right now we have seven player of the week, pitcher of the week, and five members of the weekly honor roll, of course. And I probably should have mentioned this at the beginning of the show, but you knew it anyway. Georgina Corrick was named the American Athletic Conference pitcher of the week for the fourth straight time four for four to start the season and it might have been her best week of course she had the 19 strikeout performance against fgcu and that was just a warm-up as she won four games and saved the other over the weekend so she struck out 48 overall in 32 in a third inning she was 5-0 and with the save and opponents hit 076 against her she is simply amazing 13-0 and with a .08 ERA, 87 and a third innings with 127 strikeouts. And lest we forget, Alexis Jones was named to the weekly honor roll as she had 10 steals while hitting 417, scored nine runs. Alexis at the top of the order has been great for the Bulls. I definitely owe women's tennis an apology. Yesterday, I failed to mention their match over the weekend, bidding for a third straight victory and taking the 68th-ranked South Alabama team down to the wire before losing again as close as you can lose a match four to three laura perese and celine yalali definitely deserve some praise as they were the number three doubles team and they won six love and at the number two spot grace schumacher and marguerite timmermans won six to two so with the chance to win the match the bulls had to win three of the six singles matches and man were they close but they end up falling Number six singles loss for Yalali, 6-3-6-3. That was the only not close match. Four of the six went three sets, and the one that was straight sets, a loss by Pettisse at the number three spot, was a 9-7 first set tiebreaker and then 6-3. So clearly the Bulls were right there with the team that's ranked 68th in the country. Schumacher got the win against the number one player, winning the first set 6-2, then losing the second 6-4 before prevailing 6-1. That result had the Bulls ahead because also winning was Emily Boy at the number five spot again in straight sets. So you had to win three singles matches, and they had to come through in one of the final two. Timmermans won her first set at the four spot, but got beat in the next two, and it went down to a third set tiebreaker with the freshman Sierra Berry losing that tiebreaker. So, I mean, right there. We should have mentioned that on yesterday's show, but there you go. Now a little bit of defensive coordinator Bob Shoup, the football team, which, by the way, campus stadium developments after these sound clips, but the football team had its first padded practice, and here's defensive coordinator Bob Shoup from afterwards. I'd say right on schedule. I mean, not ahead, not behind, but right on schedule. You know, we're fairly slow with the install, aggressive, but slow. I mean, one day we put in, you know, one concept, maybe, you know, a set, different forms of that concept, but one concept of coverage. The next day we put in another concept of coverages. Then we started some pressures on Saturday and in a different form of pressures today. And, and we're fortunate that we have, uh, you know, a group of 
I don't know, I guess you call them the super seniors who are in their, either their fifth or sixth year. You know, Rashawn Yates, Darian Grant, who's not practicing this spring, but uh, you know, Antonio Greer, Dwayne Boyles, uh, Vincent Davis, and uh, you know, Makayla Point, who you know, A, had a lot of coaches, so they've seen just about everything, and B, have a lot of experience. So talking to those guys is like talking to grown-ups, and they really set the standard and set the pace through these first four days. And one more thing, if I could, uh, just talking to a few guys, they said they – they seem to really enjoy the the aspect of your philosophy of attacking, putting pressure on, and 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 dictating to the other team. What sort of feedback have you gotten, and what what sort of reaction have you seen from these guys as you kind of impl implement your philosophy of, of they're going to get after it now? Well, I mean, I think, it, like I said, I mean, it's a it, it's a fun style to watch, and in addition, I think it's a fun style to play. And um, you know, I think. I think these guys want to do well. They want to be successful. And I think for the last couple of years, for one reason or another, it just hasn't gone their way. So when they see themselves having a little bit of success, they get excited. And, um, you know, the, especially the last couple of days, I think we've really picked up. And not, again, we don't significantly talk about a, a, a scheme, but I talk about a style of play. And they seem to have embraced that style of play. And, you know, obviously tomorrow we have a little lighter practice than Thursday. will be our first scrimmage before, um, uh, before spring break. And so, like I told the guys, I'm not in a position right now, you know, to give midterm grades or tell you how I think, you know, we're right on schedule and I'll let you know, I'll let them know a little bit more, you know, after that scrimmage, but they all seem to be excited, enthusiastic meetings have gone well. They've picked up the, the style of practice and, and our coaching. And, and I, I think it's been a great fit thus far. And I'm looking forward to continuing to, to work throughout the course of spring. You probably recognize the voice of Joey Johnston asking the questions there, of course, apart of our football broadcast crew here on Bulls Unlimited. Also asked by Chris Torello about being able to go into the transfer portal. As we know, the Bulls have added some pieces, especially on the front seven. Well, that's the word that I would have said, depth. I mean, just, uh, you know, I'm not 100% sure how we would have uh, survived spring football if we hadn't attacked the transfer portal for the defensive line. And, um, you know, the leadership part, you know, those six people that I mentioned at the beginning, you know, none of those guys are transfer guys. The transfer guys are still like anybody, you know, I've been coaching for 30 years, but anytime there's a new, you're at a new place, there's a transition. There's always those big eyes. How do we do things or where do I go or what am I doing? So there's a little bit of that with those guys, but you can certainly see up front Rashad Chaney and Pinder are really good. You know, Bags has been hindered a little bit with an injury. Uh, you can see DJ Gordon's really, really good and is going to going to provide great depth at linebacker. And, and you can see uh, Amaris Brown and Ray Thornton have really stepped up in the secondary and, and, and provided, you know, really, really, solid competition there. So I, I think you're right. You know, one of the things I'm, one of my objectives for the spring is to develop, you know, develop depth, especially up front, all the really, really good defenses that I've coached have been really deep up front. And uh, Yates has really set the pace. He's done a great job and practiced well, but those guys are right behind him for sure. And we wrap it up with a couple of those super seniors. First, Antonio Greer, of course, stud linebacker, followed by defensive lineman Rashawn Yates. Soup is uh, man, he's a great person. First off, man, uh, he wants he wants what's best for us. You know what I'm saying, and that's why it, it, it didn't take me long to buy into him. You know what I'm saying, and he's very he gets very close to his Mike linebackers as he told me in the past, and that's what position I'm playing now. But uh, man, Coach Soup is just a great person overall, uh, let alone a great coach. Man, he's hilarious, very funny. Man, he joke around with us, play with us. Um, he's just he just got an edge to him. You know what I'm saying? As a defense coordinator, as a coach. He has an edge. He walks around with an edge. You know what I'm saying? And it's just, it's just good, you know. And as a Mike linebacker, I want to know, you know, what what he what is he thinking? You know, 
as, as he's walking, you know, as, as practice progresses, as we get into game plan, I want to know, you know, what is, what is he thinking? He wants to let me in, or, you know, what, what he what he's thinking and what he's planning. So, I mean, Coach Shula is a great person. Man. I can't stress that enough. You know, very grateful to have him here with us. Um, you know, wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't rather have it no other way. Um, this is my last year, you know, so I've really taken on that. Uh, I feel like I have to, I feel like I have to take on the role of being that guy. You know what I mean? I can't look around and I can't look around no more and wait for an older guy to uh, set the standard and stuff like that. So uh, I just took it on, for, you know, for go, put it on my back pretty much. You know what I mean? I do, Rashawn. Also seeing that today is going to be the day that USF formally puts out the requested site or the suggested site. Don't, it's not going to start with construction today. Let's get the indoor performance facility going first. But the site of a future on-campus stadium, and apparently it would be just north of the current football facility, basically the intramural fields. I know all about those fields. We've had kickball tournaments there. They're basically huge sporting fields that, frankly, don't get used that often. Some get used for youth soccer events, that kind of thing. So definitely the space is there. And that would make all the sense in the world. I can confirm from knowing this area that a football stadium would fit in there nicely and there would actually be room for parking. So more on that story, I'm sure, to come. 